I was reading an article on here the other day by Glenn Greenwald and we bumped into the idea of rendition. So I want to dig into that idea more and figure out what it is for all of us. If we haven't figured it out yet, the U.S. government is the enemy. It's the enemy merely by virtue of the fact that it's paid for by the true enemy, the oligarchs up above our heads. There's a very small number of people with a very large amount of money who are calling the shots for the whole world, and we need to figure out how they're doing it through their paid tools. If the government is the enemy, then by all means the CIA, the NSA, the FBI, they're also the enemy. They're the enemy of regular people. And if you don't believe it, this article should clear things up for you. My sleuthing isn't very impressive, I just found this on Wikipedia. But if anything is not factual from this article, let me know and put it in the comments below. I'll get right on correcting the record. Extraordinary rendition, also called irregular rendition or forced rendition, is the government-sponsored abduction and extrajudicial transfer of a person from one country to another with the purpose of circumventing the former country's laws on interrogation, detention, and torture. Recent renditions have been carried out, for example, by the United States government. The first known foreign rendition by the U.S. was that of airline hijacker Fawaz Yunis lured on a yacht off the coast of Cyprus in September 1987, taken to international waters, abducted, and brought to the U.S. for trial on President Ronald Reagan's authorization. President Bill Clinton authorized extraordinary rendition to nations known to practice interrogation, which was called in 2011 by opinion columnist Mark Thiessen, torture by proxy. The administration of President George W. Bush rendered hundreds of illegal combatants for U.S. detention and transported detainees to U.S.-controlled sites as part of an extensive interrogation program that included torture. Extraordinary rendition continued under the Obama administration, with targets being interrogated and subsequently taken to the U.S. for trial. A 2018 report by the Intelligence and Security Committee of Parliament found the United Kingdom, specifically the MI5 and MI6, to be complicit in many of the renditions done by the U.S., having helped fund them, supplying them with intelligence, and knowingly allowing them to happen. The United Nations considers one nation abducting the citizens of another a crime against humanity. In July 2014, the European Court of Human Rights condemned the government of Poland for participating in CIA extraordinary rendition, ordering Poland to pay restitution to men who had been abducted, taken to a CIA black site in Poland, and tortured. Background By 2004, critics alleged that torture was used against subjects with the knowledge or acquiescence of the United States, where the transfer of a person for the purpose of torture is unlawful. In addition, some former detainees, such as the Australian citizen Mamdou Habib, claimed to have been transferred to other countries for interrogation under torture. In December 2005, then-Secretary of State Condoleezza Rice insisted, The United States has not transported anyone and will not transport anyone to a country when we believe he will be tortured. Where appropriate, the United States seeks assurances that transferred persons will not be tortured. O-M-F-ing-G. How are we supposed to believe that? Between 2001 and 2005, CIA officers captured an estimated 150 people and transported them around the world. Under the Bush administration, rendered persons were reported to have undergone torture by receiving countries. 
Journalists, civil and constitutional rights groups, and former detainees have alleged that this occurred with the knowledge or cooperation of the administrations of the United States and the United Kingdom. Such revelations prompted several official investigations into alleged secret detentions and unlawful interstate transfers involving Council of Europe members. A June 2006 report estimated that 100 people had been kidnapped by the CIA on European Union soil with the cooperation of Council of Europe members and rendered to other countries, often after having transited through secret detention centers, black sites, some located in Europe. According to the separate European Parliament report of February 2007, the CIA has conducted 1,245 flights, many of them to destinations where suspects could face torture in violation of Article 3 of the United Nations Convention Against Torture. A large majority of the European Union Parliament endorsed the report's conclusion that many member states tolerated illegal actions by the CIA, criticizing several European governments and intelligence agencies for their unwillingness to cooperate with the investigation. What does that tell you, people? The United States long has been the thug, the bully of the world. Obviously, they're afraid to cooperate with the investigation because they're afraid of the CIA. And they're afraid of the military might of the U.S. government. Within days of his 2009 inauguration, Barack Obama signed an executive order opposing rendition torture and established a task force <laughs> a task force, to provide recommendations about processes to prevent rendition torture. His administration distanced itself from some of the harshest counterterrorism techniques, but permitted the practice of rendition to continue, restricting transport of suspects to countries with jurisdiction over them for the purpose of prosecution after diplomatic assurances that they would not be treated inhumanely had been received. Oh, brother. Rendition in law is a transfer of persons from one jurisdiction to another and the act of handing over, both after legal proceedings and according to law. Extraordinary rendition, however, is a rendition which is extra-legal, i.e. outside the law. Outside the law. Why don't they just call it illegal? See kidnapping. Rendition refers to the transfer, the apprehension, detention, interrogation, and any other practices occurring before and after the movement, and exchange of extrajudicial prisoners do not fall into the strict definition of extraordinary rendition. In practice, the term is widely used to describe such practices, particularly the initial apprehension. This latter usage extends to the transfer of suspected terrorists by the U.S. to countries known to torture prisoners or to employ harsh interrogation techniques that may rise to the level of torture. The Bush administration freely admitted to this practice, stating, among other provisions, that they have specifically asked that torture not be used. Torture can still occur, however, despite these provisions, and much documentation exists alleging that it has happened in many cases. In these instances, the initial captor allows the possibility of torture by releasing the prisoner into the custody of nations that practice torture. The next distinction of degree is that of intent, where much of the search for evidence continues. It has been alleged that some of those detainees have been tortured with the knowledge, acquiescence, or even participation of U.S. agencies. A transfer of anyone to anywhere for the purpose of torture would be a violation of U.S. law. New York attorney Mark D. Falkoff stated that such evidence, i.e. transfer for the purposes of torture, was an operational practice. 
In a court filing, Falkoff described a classified prisoner transfer memo from Guantanamo as noting that information could not be retrieved, as torture could not be used, and recommending that the prisoner be sent to a nation that practiced torture. Historical Cases An early case involves Israel's rendition of Adolf Eichmann from Argentina in 1960. The first well-known American rendition case involved the Akil Lauro hijackers in 1985. After they were given a plane and were en route in international airspace, they were forced by United States Navy fighter planes to land at the naval air station Sigonella, an Italian military base in Sicily used by the U.S. Navy and NATO. The intent was to bring the hijackers within judicial reach of United States government representatives for transport to and trial in the United States. In September 1987, during the Reagan administration, the United States executed an extraordinary rendition codenamed Goldenrod in a joint FBI-CIA operation. Agents lured Fawaz Yunis, wanted for his role in the hijacking of a Jordanian airliner that had American citizens on board, onto a boat off the coast of Cyprus and taken to international waters, where he was arrested. The Reagan administration did not undertake this kidnapping lightly. Oh, that makes me feel so much better. Then FBI Director William H. Webster had opposed an earlier bid to snatch Yunis, arguing that the United States should not adopt the tactics of Israel, which had abducted Adolf Eichmann on a residential street in Buenos Aires, Argentina in 1960. In 1984 and 1986, during a wave of terrorist attacks, Congress passed laws making air piracy and attacks on Americans abroad federal crimes. Ronald Reagan added teeth to these laws by signing a secret covert action directive in 1986 that authorized the CIA to kidnap, anywhere abroad, foreigners wanted for terrorism. A new word entered the dictionary of U.S. foreign relations. Rendition. The American Civil Liberties Union alleges that extraordinary rendition was developed during the Clinton administration. CIA officials in the mid-1990s were trying to track down and dismantle militant Islamic organizations in the Middle East, particularly Al-Qaeda. According to Clinton administration official Richard Clark, extraordinary renditions were operations to apprehend terrorists abroad, usually without the knowledge of and almost always without public acknowledgement of the host government. The first time I proposed a snatch, in 1993, the White House counsel, Lloyd Cutler, demanded a meeting with the president to explain how it violated international law. Clinton had seemed to be siding with Cutler until Al Gore belatedly joined the meeting, having just flown overnight from South Africa. Clinton recapped the arguments on both sides for Gore. Lloyd says this, Dick says that. Gore laughed and said, that's a no-brainer. Of course it's a violation of international law. That's why it's a covert action. The guy is a terrorist. Go grab his ass. Both the Reagan and Clinton cases involved apprehending known terrorists abroad by covert means if necessary. The Bush administration expanded the policy after the 9-11 attacks. In a New Yorker interview with CIA veteran Michael Scheuer, an author of the rendition program under the Clinton administration, writer Jane Mayer noted, in 1995, American agents proposed the rendition program to Egypt, making clear that it had the resources to track, capture, and transport terrorist suspects globally, including access to a small fleet of aircraft. Egypt embraced the idea. 
What was clever was that some of the senior people in Al-Qaeda were Egyptian, Scheuer said. It served American purposes to get these people arrested and Egyptian purposes to get these people back where they could be interrogated. Technically, U.S. law requires the CIA to seek assurances from foreign governments that rendered suspects won't be tortured. Scheuer told me that this was done, but he was not sure if any documents confirming the arrangement were signed. Scheuer testified in 2007 before Congress that no such assurances were received. He acknowledged that treatment of prisoners may not have been up to U.S. standards. And U.S. standards for torture are pretty damn good right? This is a matter of no concern as the rendition program's goal was to protect America and the rendered fighters delivered to Middle Eastern governments are now either dead or in places from which they cannot harm America. Mission accomplished, as the saying goes. Thereafter, with the approval of President Clinton and a presidential directive, PDD 39, the CIA elected to send suspects to Egypt where they were turned over to the Egyptian Mukhabarat. 20th century. The CIA was granted permission to use rendition of indicted terrorists to American soil in a 1995 presidential directive signed by President Bill Clinton following a procedure established by George H.W. Bush in January 1993. The United States has since increasingly used rendition as a tool in the war on terror, ignoring the normal extradition processes outlined in international law. Suspects taken into United States custody are delivered to third-party states, often without ever having been on United States soil and without involving the rendering countries. Critics have accused the CIA of employing rendition for the purpose of circumventing American laws mandating due process and prohibiting torture, labeling the practice torture flights. Sociological comparisons have been drawn between extraordinary rendition and the death flights implemented, most notably by Argentina during the 1960s and 1970s. Defenders of the practice argue that culturally informed and native language interrogations are more successful in gaining information from suspects. Hundreds of documents retrieved from Libyan foreign ministry offices in Tripoli following the 2011 Libyan civil war show that the CIA and MI6 rendered suspects to Libyan authorities knowing they would be tortured. In a number of cases, such as those of Khalid el-Masri and Maher Arar, suspects caught up in the procedure suffered lengthy detentions despite ultimately being found innocent. The CIA reportedly launched an investigation into such incidents of erroneous rendition. Here's a map with the U.S. and suspected CIA black sites in black. Dark purple, extraordinary renditions allegedly have been carried out from these countries. Light purple, detainees have allegedly been transported through these countries. And red, detainees have allegedly arrived in these countries. 21st century. But surely all this barbarism ended at the end of the 20th century, right? Following the 9-11-2001 attacks, the United States, in particular the CIA, has been accused of rendering hundreds of people suspected by the government of being terrorists or of aiding and abetting terrorist organizations to third-party states such as Egypt, Jordan, Morocco, and Uzbekistan. Such ghost detainees are kept outside judicial oversight, often without ever entering U.S. territory, and may or may not ultimately be transferred to the custody of the United States. According to the former CIA case officer Bob Baer, 
If you want a serious interrogation, you send a prisoner to Jordan. If you want them to be tortured, you send them to Syria. If you want someone to disappear, never to see them again, you send them to Egypt. According to a December 4, 2005 article in the Washington Post by Dana Priest, members of the rendition group follow a simple but standard procedure. Dressed head to toe in black, including masks, they blindfold and cut the clothes off their new captives, then administer an enema and sleeping drugs. They outfit detainees in a diaper and jumpsuit for what can be a day-long trip. Their destinations, either a detention facility operated by cooperative countries in the Middle East and Central Asia, including Afghanistan, or one of the CIA's own covert prisons, referred to in classified documents as black sites, which at various times have been operated in eight countries, including several in Eastern Europe. Following mounting scrutiny in Europe, including investigations held by the Swiss Senator Dick Marty, who released a public report in June 2006, the U.S. Senate in December 2005 was about to approve a measure that would include amendments requiring the Director of National Intelligence to provide regular, detailed updates about secret detention facilities maintained by the United States overseas and to account for the treatment and condition of each prisoner. Reported Methods Media reports describe suspects as being arrested, blindfolded, shackled, and sedated, or otherwise kidnapped, and transported by private jet or other means to the destination country. The reports also say that the rendering countries have provided interrogators with lists of questions. Here's a photo of a Boeing 737-700 of PETS in Frankfurt, Germany on January 11, 2003. Airline Flights on October 4, 2001, a secret arrangement was made in Brussels by all members of NATO. Lord George Robertson, British Defense Secretary and later NATO's Secretary General, would later explain NATO members agreed to provide blanket overflight clearances for the United States and other allies' aircraft for military flights related to operations against terrorism. Boeing Jeppesen International Trip Planning on October 23, 2006, The New Yorker reported that Jeppesen, a subsidiary of Boeing, handled the logistical planning for the CIA's extraordinary rendition flights. The allegation is based on information from an ex-employee who quoted Bob Overby, managing director of the company, as saying, We do all of the extraordinary rendition flights, you know, the torture flights. Let's face it, some of these flights end up that way. It certainly pays well. The article went on to suggest that this may make Jeppesen a potential defendant in a lawsuit by Khaled al-Masri. Jeppesen was named as a defendant in a lawsuit filed by the ACLU on May 30, 2007 on behalf of several other individuals who are allegedly subject to extraordinary rendition. The suit was dismissed on September 8, 2010 by a federal appeals court on the grounds that going forward would reveal state secrets. Poor babies. I'm sure it would reveal state secrets. Then you end up like Julian Assange. Black sites. In 2005, the Washington Post and Human Rights Watch, HRW, published revelations concerning CIA flights and black sites, covert prisons operated by the CIA and whose existence is denied by the U.S. government. The European Parliament published a report in February 2007 concerning the use of such secret detention centers and extraordinary rendition. See below. 
These detention centers violate the European Convention on Human Rights, ECHR, and the UN Convention Against Torture, treaties that all EU member states are bound to follow. According to ABC News, two such facilities in countries mentioned by Human Rights Watch have been closed following the publicity. CIA officers say the captives were relocated to the North African desert. All but one of these 11 high-value Al-Qaeda prisoners were subjected to torture by the CIA, sometimes referred to as enhanced interrogation techniques, authorized for use by about 14 CIA officers. How'd you like to be a family member of one of those 14 CIA officers? I can just see the conversations at Thanksgiving. Hey, Dad, how's the torture going? Oh, you're not supposed to call it torture. It's enhanced interrogation techniques. Let me see your hands, Dad. Are they bloody? Extraordinary renditions and black sites in Europe. The photo caption says, Alleged extraordinary rendition, illegal flights of the CIA, as reported by Richez Pospolita. In January 2005, Swiss Senator Dick Marty, representative at the Council of Europe in charge of the European investigations, concluded that 100 people had been kidnapped by the CIA in Europe, thus qualifying as ghost detainees, and then rendered to a country where they may have been tortured. Marty qualified the sequestration of Hassan Mustafa Osama Nasser, a.k.a. Abu Omar, in Milan in February 2003 as a perfect example of extraordinary rendition. See below the European investigation and its June 2006 report. The Guardian reported on December 5, 2005 that the British government is guilty of breaking international law if it knowingly allowed secret CIA rendition flights of terror suspects to land at UK airports, according to a report by American legal scholars. According to Raw Story, the Polish site identified by reporter Larisa Alexandrovna and Polish intelligence officer Dawid Dastisz is Stare Kelczkuti. In response to these allegations, former Polish intelligence chief Zbigniew Zimiatkowski embarked on a media blitz and claimed that the allegations made by Alexandrovna and Dastisz were part of the domestic political battle in the U.S. over who is to succeed current Republican President George W. Bush, according to the German news agency Deutsche Presse Agentur. So I'll break in here and say that the battle over who becomes president makes a big difference to the deep state. The deep state is exceedingly good at meddling in other countries' political machinations, so it's no stretch of the imagination at all to imagine that they're meddling in our own elections, and also meddling in our other political processes. Hell, the deep state is the political process. Everything else is merely a charade. Back to the story. Prison ships. The United States has also been accused of operating floating prisons to house and transport those arrested in its war on terror, according to human rights lawyers. They have claimed that the U.S. has tried to conceal the numbers and whereabouts of detainees. Although no credible information to support these assertions has ever come to light, the alleged justification for prison ships is primarily to remove the ability for jihadists to target a fixed location to facilitate the escape of high-value targets, commanders, operation chiefs, etc. Example Cases Khalid Masri Case Khalid el-Masri, also Khalid el-Masri and Khalid Masri, born June 29, 1963, 
is a German citizen who was mistakenly abducted by the Macedonian police and handed over to the US CIA. While in CIA custody, he was flown to Afghanistan where he was allegedly held in a black site, interrogated, beaten, strip-searched, sodomized, and subjected to other inhuman and degrading treatment, which at times escalated to torture, though none of these claims can be verified. After El Masri held hunger strikes and was detained for four months in the salt pit, the CIA finally admitted his arrest and torture were a mistake and released him. He is believed to be among an estimated 3,000 detainees whom the CIA has abducted from 2001 to 2005. Abu Omar Case On February 17, 2003, Hassan Mustafa Osama Nasser, aka Abu Omar, was kidnapped by the CIA in Milan, Italy and deported to Egypt. His case has been characterized by the Swiss Senator Dick Marty as a perfect example of extraordinary rendition. Abu Omar was kidnapped as he walked to his mosque in Milan for noon prayers. He was transported on a Learjet using the callsign SPAR-92 to Rammstein, Germany. SPAR, Special Air Resources, is the callsign used by U.S. senior military officers and civilian VIPs for airlift transport. A second plane took him to Cairo where he was imprisoned and he claims tortured. In June 2005, the Italian judge Guido Salvini issued a warrant for the arrest of 13 persons said to be agents or operatives of the CIA in association with Nasser's kidnapping. In December 2005, an Italian court issued a European arrest warrant against 22 CIA agents suspected of this kidnapping, including Robert Selden Lady, Eliana Castaldo, Lieutenant Colonel Joseph L. Romano III, etc. The CIA has not commented on the case while Berlusconi's government has denied any knowledge of a kidnapping plot. Just after the 2006 Italian general elections, Roberto Castelli, Lega Nord, outgoing justice minister, declared to Italian prosecutors that he had not passed the extradition request to the U.S. On December 6, 2005, the Washington Post reported Italian court documents which showed that the CIA tried to mislead Italian anti-terrorism police who were looking for the cleric at the time. Robert S. Lady, the CIA's substation chief in Milan, has been implicated in the abduction. In a written opinion upholding the arrest warrant, Judge Enrico Manzi wrote that the evidence taken from Lady's home removes any doubt about his participation in the preparatory phase of the abduction. Lady, however, alleged that the evidence had been gathered illegally and has denied involvement in the abduction. Photos of Robert, Bob, Lady, and other defendants recently have surfaced on the web. Marco Mancini, the SISMI director of anti-terrorism and counter-espionage, and Gustavo Pinheiro, the department's director in 2003, have been arrested on charges of complicity in a kidnapping with the aggravating circumstances of abuse of power. Italian judges have issued 26 EU arrest warrants for U.S. citizens in connection with this event. A judge also issued arrest warrants for four Americans, three CIA agents, and an Air Force officer who commanded the security forces at Aviano Air Base at the time of the abduction. On February 12, 2007, Nasser's lawyer said he had been released by Egypt and he was back with his family. On November 4, 2009, an Italian judge convicted 22 suspected or known CIA agents a U.S. Air Force colonel and two Italian secret agents of the kidnapping. 
These were the first legal convictions in the world against people involved in the CIA's Extraordinary Renditions Program. There's lots, lots more for me to read to you, but I'm going to skip ahead to the end. This part is called Obama Executive Order on Rendition. The part I skipped details how many, many countries cooperated with the CIA in this bullshit. There's also a section on erroneous rendition in which the Washington Post reported that the CIA's inspector general was investigating what it calls erroneous renditions. The term appears to refer to cases in which innocent people were subjected to extraordinary rendition. And there are quite a few cases of people who were the victims of erroneous renditions. The AP story quotes Tom Malinowski, Washington Office Director of Human Rights Watch, who said, I am glad the CIA is investigating the cases that they were aware of, but by definition you are not going to be aware of all such cases when you have a process designed to avoid judicial safeguards. Ding, ding, ding. As an aside, I was just watching Jimmy Dore this morning and I heard him say, ding, ding. So he didn't steal it exactly. He didn't say, ding, ding, ding. But at least he said, ding, ding. Here's a shout out to you, Jimmy, for never having me on your show. Because we both know that Jenk wouldn't like it. Back to the thrilling conclusion. Two days after President Barack Obama was sworn into office on January 22, 2009, he signed an executive order entitled Ensuring Lawful Interrogations. This order specifically addresses the practice of transferring individuals to other nations in order to ensure that such practices comply with the domestic laws, international obligations, and policies of the United States. It establishes a committee that will provide recommendations within 180 days of the executive order. It specifically has as its goal a process to ensure that the United States practices do not result in the transfer of individuals to other nations to face torture or otherwise for the purpose or with the effect of undermining or circumventing the commitments or obligations of the United States to ensure the humane treatment of individuals in its custody or control. Overall, the executive order calls for more oversight of interrogation by third parties but does not end extraordinary rendition. E. Mission. The mission of the Special Task Force shall be Task Force. 1. To study and evaluate whether the interrogation practices and techniques in Army Field Manual 222.3, when employed by departments or agencies outside the military, provide an appropriate means of acquiring the intelligence necessary to protect the nation and, if warranted, to recommend any additional or different guidance for other departments or agencies, and 2. To study and evaluate the practices of transferring individuals to other nations in order to ensure that such practices practices comply with the domestic laws, international obligations, and policies of the United States and do not result in the transfer of individuals to other nations to face torture or otherwise for the purpose or with the effect of undermining or circumventing the commitments or obligations of the United States to ensure the humane treatment of individuals in its custody or control. F. Administration. The special task force shall be established for administrative purposes within the Department of Justice and the Department of Justice shall, to the extent permitted by law and subject to the availability of appropriations, provide administrative support and funding for the special task force. G. Recommendations. The special task force shall provide a report to the president, because we trust the president, through the assistant to the president for national security affairs, 
because we trust the National Security Affairs Assistant and the counsel to the president, because we trust the counsel to the president, on the matter set forth in subsection D within 180 days of the date of this order, unless the chair determines that an extension is necessary. H. Termination. The chair shall terminate the special task force upon the completion of its duties. Here's the kicker. On November 2, 2009, the Second Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that victims of extraordinary rendition cannot sue Washington for torture suffered overseas because Congress has not authorized such lawsuits in ruling on Canadian citizen Maher Arar's case. On September 15, 2010, PolitiFact.com wrote about the Obama administration's record on renditions. The administration has announced new procedural safeguards concerning individuals who are sent to foreign countries. President Obama also promised to shut down the CIA-run black sites, which he did not do, and there seems to be anecdotal evidence that extreme renditions are not happening, at least not as much as they did during the Bush administration. Still, human rights groups say that these safeguards are inadequate and that the Department of Justice task force recommendations still allow the U.S. to send individuals to foreign countries. Then we have a list of CIA participating countries that numbers 54. And then we have countries that conduct their own rendition. Saudi Arabia, China, Czech Socialist Republic, and Turkey. And then we have lots of other resources and an extensive bibliography. I hope that you'll read this, dear viewers and listeners, and you'll understand just what kind of country you live in.